I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to mini episode 292 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 10th of April 2023 and story number one comes from Anonymous. I lived in my childhood home for the majority of my life, around 25 years and over this time everyone who lived in the house experienced some sort of paranormal activity in some way, shape or form. When my parents bought the bungalow, it was an abandoned wreck that was surrounded by trees. It wasn't in a secluded area as such as we had neighbours, but it wasn't somewhere where you felt overlooked by anyone due to the high conifers that towered over the bungalow. The house needed gutting, as the previous owner passed away and the family didn't keep up the property. My mum and dad used to tell me that there wasn't much left to the house, but what they could make out it was decorated in a Spanish theme, bearing in mind that we live in Wales. The house name was originally Tormento, which translated from Spanish to English means torment. Off to a good start here. But my mum and dad soon changed that to something less terrifying. We had found out that the original owner had died in the house, an old lady, Mrs Jones, and she had sadly not been found until a few weeks after her death. When we finally moved into the property, her son who lived next door wasn't happy that we had moved into his childhood home and would aggressively shout, I hope she haunts you forever. And we all believed that Mrs. Jones and others certainly did haunt us. My mum says that she will always remember the first time she felt uneasy being in the house. I was only young and had been playing in my room when I became really upset. When my mum asked me what was wrong, I told her, Please can you tell the man in my room to stop painting it blue? I don't want it blue and he won't listen. My mum said she was terrified as there was no one else in the house with us and all decorating had been completed before moving in. The reason why my mum was so terrified is that when they were renovating the house, my room, what they could see of it, was painted blue. My mum said she grabbed me and got out of the house ASAP. When I was older I started experiencing more things. Once I came home from school and let myself in as my mum and dad were still at work. I let the dog out and then walked to my room to get changed and the dog followed me as usual. As we both walked back up the corridor, I heard my mum shout my name. Not in a panicked or threatening way, in a calm way to let me know that she was home. The dog ran to the back door as he heard it too, but there was no one there and the door was still locked. My heart sank. We had both heard it as clear as day. I put my big girl pants on, grabbed the dog and we began walking around the house, checking one room at a time and I would just keep shouting every few minutes. Hello? If there's anyone here, I have a knife. 
I didn't. I just felt like that was something that would scare them. To be fair, the dog kept looking at me, daft, like, what are you doing? And all was fine until we had gotten to the end room of the corridor, the furthest bedroom in the house. The door was closed, but I suddenly felt cold, and I had a sense of dread. As I reached for the door handle to open it, the dog went rigid and began to growl. His hairs on his back stood up, you know like they do when they're scared or being protective. He refused to go any further, and if he wasn't going in there, then neither was I. I let go of the dog and we both bolted out of the house and sat outside until my mom came home. Things would go missing frequently and turn up in random spots in the house. Mainly the back bedroom, furthest room in the house. Once my mom had lost her wedding ring, she only told me this once she had found it as to not panic anyone. When cooking, she would take her rings off and place them in a shot glass in one of the high kitchen cupboards. This one time, my mom went back to put her rings on and all the others were there apart from her wedding ring. She said she looked for her ring for weeks, with no luck. She couldn't find it anywhere. Until a few weeks later, when putting a coat away in the back bedroom, she opened the wardrobe and her ring flew out from the top of the wardrobe. Like I mentioned earlier in the story, this room was the furthest bedroom in the house and was opposite end to the kitchen where she had left it. We never used that room other than for storage or occasionally a guest room. You'd always feel cold and unwelcome. Smaller things would happen daily. We'd see shadows walk past door frames. The kettle would turn on. Things would fly from tables. You'd have a feeling of being unwelcome at random times and need to leave immediately. In the end, we used to joke about how, Ah, no mind. It was just Mrs. Jones. But when you were there by yourself, it was no joke. Anonymous, that sounds like a pretty terrifying house to live in. I always hate the the thought of people who pass away and don't get found for a couple of weeks. And it really does happen all of the time. I also think it's really chaotic of her son, Mrs. Jones's son, to be like, I hope she haunts you forever to the new people moving into his mom's house. Like, babe, get a grip. And also, I'm going to fundamentally blame him for the fact that Mrs. Jones did haunt you guys while you were living there, um, among others, it would seem. Very freaky that your room used to be blue and <laughs> the man who's haunting the place is like painting the room blue and you're like little child you being like, tell him to stop painting my room blue. It sounds like maybe he was annoyed that the room had changed. And of course, because you're a kid and as everyone knows, kids seem to have a greater connection to to the other world. As you're a kid, you can see him painting the room blue angrily. I still don't understand these mimicking behaviours. I don't understand them. I don't think I ever will. And it really freaks me out, the idea that you and your dog heard the sound of your mom calling your name. Because, like I've said a million times before, exploding head syndrome happens. But only you experience exploding head syndrome. Nobody else in the vicinity will. But clearly, something shouted out your name because the dog reacted to it too. And dogs are such a double-edged sword. Like, great companions, great pets, absolutely beautiful, love a dog. But they're also like a paranormal beacon. And I don't know if I want to know. Like, if there's ghosts everywhere, I just don't want to know. One of my favourite things about poltergeist activity, or maybe favourite isn't the right word, one of the things that I find most intriguing about things like poltergeist activity is things that go missing and where they turn up. So routine with things like rings is just something that people establish. You know, like your mom, obviously, when she was doing the washing up, when she was preparing food, whatever she was doing, she's putting those rings into a shot glass on the top shelf, done and dusted. And then for only her wedding ring to disappear and then it shows up flying from a wardrobe at the other end of the house. Does it teleport from the shot glass to the wardrobe? 
Or if you turned around at the opportune moment, would you see the ring sort of floating through the air and bobbing up the stairs? Dying to know. It does sound like the anonymous that your family sort of learned to cope with it in the only way that you could, which is to joke about it and be like, oh, that'll be Mrs. Jones doing her usual scary shit. And story number two comes from Bavine. Actually, Bavine, I don't know if you're Bavine or if you're, if you go by Bevin. I don't know which one it is. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've gotten it wrong. My daughter and I listen to your podcast and we both love it. She is nine. I grew up in Ireland where ghosts were just extra residents in our house. So moved stuff, opened doors and made noise. My mom never disbelieved us when we spoke about ghosts. So I believe my daughter. Here is her story and she is going to type it. Last year, my cat died. She was five years old the week that she died. I was not at home when she died. I was at my nanny's house. When I came back, I was told the news and I was very sad. A few days later, I saw her out of the corner of my eye and when I turned, she was gone. Then I kept feeling her body weight on my bed. When I would look, she would not be there. This kept happening and every now and then it still happens. Even my mom and dad have seen her out of the corner of their eyes around the house. I've gotten used to it now and I think it's her just making sure that I'm okay. I agree. Cats are very special and I love cats very much as everyone who's listening will know. And I think so many people have emailed in over the years with stories about their cats and their dogs and all sorts of different pets that have come back to make sure that their owners are okay. And it sounds like your little cat every so often is popping in to make sure that you're okay and keep you company and to bring some comfort at night time. And I think that's a very lovely thing. And I also think it's a very lovely thing to be able to share these stories with your mom and dad, because not all moms and dads would be nice about these stories. Some of them might be a bit dismissive about these stories, which means that they might not take it very seriously. And I think it's lovely that you can talk to your mom and dad about these things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And strain number three comes from Marika. Like many, I've wanted to share my paranormal and strange spiritual experiences with your podcast for years of listening to other people sharing their own. The latest and final inspiration to finally write to you came to me from another listener's story from early 2023, where the person told about their relationship with an Irish man that was full of turmoil and how she didn't know if the man had died or not. She spoke about their sexual connection, etc., It got me thinking of an old, short relationship I had. I really think two people being very spiritual and having extremely good chemistry 
while being physically intimate can create a deep, strange, otherworldly kind of bond. That is exactly what happened to me and someone who I dated many years ago. I've been a practicing Norse pagan. Runes, spells, offering and worshipping, especially Freya, for almost 15 years now. Also, I have women in my family who can see dreams that come true. Also, a long line of women who sang ancient spells. This man who I dated was a Reiki healer and also interested in runes and other forms of spirituality. My spirit and soul travelled to different worlds in our intimate moments. I saw visions of planets, visions of being a tree that was intertwined in him, visions of my own trauma being drowned by his healing magenta-coloured waves. I saw his spirit guide that was a small white cat. I saw orbs of green, orange, yellow bouncing around us and making electronics turn on and off by themselves. With him, I had some sort of awakening since I started to feel the energy of trees even. They often felt warm to my touch. In case you are wondering, we didn't do any illegal substances when we were together, having sex or not. I don't do drugs and I never have. I think I'm just sensitive since I've always seen things. I've suffered many times with sleep paralysis, especially before starting Norse paganism. Seeing shadow people in the corner of my eye, things jumping at the end of a forest near my childhood home. With this Reiki healer, even just basic touch of his was sometimes bizarre. My lower back and left leg had, without me knowing, sciatica, and his extremely light touch on my leg or back felt like burning matches before I started to take care of them. It's like his body knew where I ached without a single word. After dating for a while, we started to drift apart. We had such different lives and I suggested before he travelled abroad that we keep our relationship and dating open and see what would happen. He ended up doing something with his old crush on that travel so I decided to try my luck with another man who was a great sweet guy. The only thing was that this guy was a mutual friend of both me and the Reiki healer. He got really angry at me through texts when I told him that I've been with the mutual friend. I remember how my head felt like it was on fire for hours after that. It was like him projecting all of his anger and his destroyed ego on me. How dare I meet another man, especially someone who's a mutual friend. I had to ask him many times to stop burning me. He said he couldn't help it, but after a while the burning feelings started to fade and eventually stopped. When he came back from his travels, we had a long talk about things and ended our dating on pretty okay terms. I ended up together with the sweet guy who was the mutual friend and still am with him. We are now all friends again and have been for years so all is well. Never had that connection again though. Even if I've asked some light or protection from him when dark things have tried to come back into my life, I couldn't feel or see anything anymore. I think I broke our connection since I chose another instead of him. I know for some all of this could be explained rationally. Magical thinking isn't rational to many and sometimes considered even a form of mental illness. Being spiritual itself is irrational. Often it makes life more interesting and bearable to some of us. Before I started to date this Reiki healer and met my now boyfriend, I felt utterly alone and dead inside due to years of being in abusive relationships. The spirituality of Reiki especially helped me come back to life, I think. Marika, that story has absolutely fascinated me because I I believe that there are people out there who have a connection that feels like it's sort of beyond normal human connection. 
I don't know very much about Reiki, so I'm happy to stand corrected on this. But I think in a kind of simple overarching term, it's like energy, energy healing. And it can be used to help alter mood, sleep better, pain control. I think, I think that's what Reiki is. Basically, it's it's about energy healing. And it sounds like the connection that you guys had was pretty incredible. And obviously... It didn't end well, but it's okay now because you're all back to being friends again. And I often think that having that connection with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you're meant to be together. It means that for a period of time, you have that really incredible connection. I also wonder if it's a touch of that similar thing that happens when when people know that somebody else has died instinctively or when people know that somebody else is in pain or something bad has happened to them. Like, is it a similar sort of just almost soulmate like a connection for want of a better word and I also think those kind of crazy really connected relationships that can sometimes be really turbulent and full of turmoil I think you learn a lot from them I think sometimes they come into your life so that you can learn about yourself or learn what you need or learn a pathway that you need to take And I think they're very important Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Anonymous, to Bavine, to Marika for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story comes from April the 10th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.